everybody. Welcome back to Coffee Connections. I'm your host, Seth Weiner, and I am your Rockshaneer. Uh, again, I keep saying, I always say welcome back and then I say welcome back, but welcome back. It's September, uh, and today I've got a wonderful guest. I'm excited to share this. We're now into the part of the show where pretty much all of our guests have been introduced to us or recommended by other guests. So today uh, on the show, we have Ilana Frank. Uh, with the Jewish Fertility Foundation. Now, Alana uh, has uh, 20 years of experience working in the nonprofits in, in America and also in Israel. Uh, and she was working in fundraising, marketing, community outreach, volunteer recruitment, board development, and program development. One could say <coughs> she knows how to do development. Alana birthed, yes, birthed the Jewish Fertility Foundation. It took her 10 years and countless rounds of IUI and IVF, which she'll explain, cycles and embryo uh, donation to make three babies. That's right. She has three babies. Uh, Well, not they're not babies now. One is, but we'll get to that as well. Uh, She was a resident of Israel at the time of her first two children. Their socialized medicine afforded her the opportunity to inexpensively reach a solution. Now, when she returned to the U.S., she realized that Others weren't as lucky as her. And in terms of treatment success, community support, and financial aid, she learned for others it takes years, miscarriages, unbearable debt, oceans of tears, and just heartache before finally being able to give birth. So uh, without going on and on and on, I think it's best to have her tell you about the mission. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Alana Frank. Hello, hello. How are you today? I am doing well. Now, Alana, we always start Coffee Connections by talking about coffee. Do you happen to have a mug? Of course I do. This is my mug. That looks uh, like you got that in Jerusalem at a... I'm going to go... What's the word? It's... uh, um, Oh, wait. I'm, I'm messing up here. Oh, geez. Go tell us. Tell us your story. Tell us your story about that mug. Sure. I got this at a beautiful store tar- called um, Target. It is right around the corner from our houses. <laughs> Not the same house, but we do live around the corner from one another. And it is beautiful blue Jerusalem stone. Here, I thought you were going to say that you got this in the Shtuk. Uh, shuk. And, did shuk. I say it wrong? Shook, 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 shook. Well, with the fertility clinic foundation, rather, I'm thinking of storks. So it all kind of, uh, you know. I hear you. Well, so coffee. Are you yeah. a coffee drinker? I am a coffee drinker. This is my third cup for today. Okay. Um, I do enjoy my coffee with a little soy cream inside. Okay. Soy, that, that was one of my questions. And yes. then what about uh, dark roast, light roast? I used to be a dark roast until I found medium roast just oh, recently. Okay. Yes. Uh, French press or drink? Oh, I wish I, I wish I was that fancy. But again, I have three children who you'll hear about. So I am not that fancy right now. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? Yes. I'm a Starbucks. Not you Starbucks live in walking distance. I know, but not Starbucks to buy. Like, I don't enjoy their beans at my house um i enjoy like a americano at the store does that make sense 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like a cup I of it agree. versus making it myself. And Duncan, I don't like Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I really don't enjoy the taste. You live right behind it. Probably because you get the smell of it all day long. Sure. Um, <laughs> correct. All right. Well, a lot. Can you please uh, share about the Jewish Fertility Foundation, your story behind it and what your mission is? Surely. Uh, so like many people in our space, um, infertility is very personal to me. I got married about 12 years ago and I thought you get married and you have babies and it did not go exactly as planned. Uh, my husband and I had just moved to Israel right after we got married and we had been trying. I'm the type of person that when I try to do something, um, I usually get it right. Uh, if not, I work a little harder. And we were working really, really hard and it wasn't working. And we were new immigrants to Israel and um, we were trying to navigate the medical system. It was hard. Um, my friends back in America were getting pregnant and things became a little harder. I was going to the basement of this doctor's house trying to figure out what the problem was because I didn't know how to find a proper doctor in Israel. And ultimately, um, he was doing really sketchy things to me. But after a year and a half or so, I was able to find a really great doctor within the medical system. And I was able to understand that I was struggling with infertility. Obviously, I knew this before. Um, but we were able to do in vitro fertilization, IVF. And I was able to have two children. So in Israel, uh, because of socialized medicine, kind of like Canada or England, um, you pay taxes, higher taxes, and medical treatments are free. So my first two children were free, uh, but it, you know, it was still really hard emotionally. It was hard with my husband. Um, there were many times when, you know, we just didn't know how to support each other or help each other. And I was not talking about what I was going through with anybody back in Atlanta, where I'm originally from, or back in America with my friends. And when I finally moved back to America after being in Israel for five years, I came back with two little kids mm -hmm. under the age of two. And that's when I finally started talking about what I went through. And I quickly understood that I was actually not alone, that many people were going through infertility. And in America, you know, my friends or the people I was meeting now back home, um, they were paying ridiculous, ridiculous amounts of money trying to have their families. And like you said, my background is in fundraising and um, working in nonprofits. So I was like, okay, well, we need to raise money to help people have their babies. And I thought that that was going to solve all the problems. So in 2015, I was talking to everybody who would listen to me. And we started an organization in Atlanta called Jewish Fertility Foundation. And um, I quickly understood that in fact, money is not the only um, problem solver of, of this infertility crisis. Um, today, we offer three main functions of our services. The first is, um, good job. The first is financial assistance. So we offer grants. Uh, we offer grants that are paid directly to the fertility clinics of one to $15,000. We also offer uh, interest-free loans in partnership with the Jewish Interest-Free Loan Association of Atlanta of up to $7,500. And we offer a 20% discounted rate to anybody um, from the fertility clinics who is receiving a grant of ours. So that is a lot of money uh, specifically for the community uh, 
awardees of the grants that we are offering. The second piece we've learned is just as important. So as I mentioned, it was a real struggle with my husband. It was a real struggle figuring out how to make sure my mental health was taken care of. And that is the second piece of services that provide um, the individuals we're working with. So we offer free um, support groups, community-based support groups. Right now, the communities that we're serving are Atlanta, Georgia, as well as Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'll tell you a little bit more about our expansion efforts in a little bit. But um, so we offer these community-based support groups. Of course, now everything is virtual because of COVID, but they're free. They're open to anybody, regardless of religious background. And um, we also offer a fertility buddies program. So that's basically matching a veteran up like myself. I'm on the other side, I have children now, but I can support somebody who is currently experiencing infertility. I don't have to be their friend. I don't have to be their therapist, but I'm that person that gets it, who goes along with the journey with them. And then the third piece and the last piece of what we offer are educational trainings. So we offer uh, trainings to fertility clinics about special needs of Jewish clients who are going through fertility treatments. Sometimes in the Orthodox community, sperm collection even might look a little bit different than in the mainstream uh, Jewish community or other cultures. And then we also offer um, trainings around pathways to parenthood. There are many different ways that you can become a parent and we kind of teach you how that might look. And then also you'd be surprised by how many intended grandparents give me a call saying, how can I help my daughter or son going through infertility? I got one call one time say, asking, um, you know, should my daughter quit her job and focus on fertility treatments full time? So I was like, I'm not a therapist, but that's probably a bad idea. So we do um, a training called loving someone with infertility and that helps um, people kind of figure out, you know, tips to say, what not to say to somebody who's going through the experience. So you, I did say I have three children. And one thing I do like to share is that my third child was much harder to um, conceive than the first two. I mean, it, it took about five years. Uh, when I moved back from America, uh, to America from Israel, I was like going back and forth, um, leaving my babies at home. I knew my family wasn't over. And um, through many failed adoption efforts or attempts, um, that wasn't our route for getting our third child. But through the generosity of a family, we were actually able to receive a donated embryo. So that's a totally unique way. Many people don't know about growing your family. I was able to carry my child, but he's not biologically related to us. And um, it's a beautiful option that I'm happy to speak about more one-on-one -on -one if anybody is interested. So that's kind of who we are, our mission, and um, where we are today. That is, uh, that's amazing. Um, and well, thank you. It, you serve Jewish people, but is it primarily um, in Atlanta or is this national? So we are a community-based organization. We are not interested in being everything to everyone. That is that was never our goal. Um, there's plenty of infertility, you know, to go around. But we very much focus on bringing, um, build, literally building community. So right now, as I mentioned, we're in two cities. We have a goal of being in 15 cities in the next five years. So it's a weird time to be expanding, perhaps. Um, you know, during COVID, but the need is there. Our, you know, demand has increased tremendously during this COVID period. Um, and people are not stopping to have babies. No, so well, pe people are definitely here. having babies, 
But what about those who are in the same situation as those having babies that want babies? So, yeah, that's great. Are there other yeah. Jewish fertility foundations or organizations? I should say organizations, but uh, sure. out there that, that you partner with or is this primarily sure. the only Jewish one? So there is an, there's an organization called Bonea Olam. It's uh, focused much more in the ultra-Orthodox community. Um, they're doing great work. It's just a little bit of a different target audience. There is another organization called Chassidah, which also gives out grants. And um, I definitely refer clients to them who are outside of Atlanta and Cincinnati. Okay. Um, and then let's look at some of these stats here. If I'll pull these up yeah, here. Sure. Let's, this is your track record you sent me, which is very fascinating. You want to go uh, just line by line on this? Yeah, sure. So we've given out for, uh, you know, close to 450, I think it's 6,000 um, dollars in grants, loans and clinic discounts. We've given out for 53 fertility grants, 44 babies. People like to know about the number of babies we've created. And I used to have to remind people and I still try to. It's not only about the cute baby at the end, you know. We hope that you are able to have a child, you know, I guess when you graduate from our programs, but it's really also about supporting you through the journey. Um, we have about 16 babies on the way. The numbers are always fluctuating um, in a good way. Um, we, I mean, we do so many educational events and trainings. We have about, we have more than 120 fertility buddies that have gone through our programs and we continuously support uh, individuals through support groups all the time. Um, again, they're free. They're open up to anybody, regardless of uh, your background. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, and I mean, that's that's pretty big stats, uh, considering how new the organization, the foundation really is. I mean, that's 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 yeah, that's a remarkable. Um, where did when you started, where did you get the initial seed money to be able to to be build your nonprofit and be able to right off the bat sure. help people. So I will say that we've found luck um, with the Marcus Foundation, and they understood that in order. I mean, we're a scrappy organization even to this day. Like our programs, honestly, do not cost a lot of money. The main expenses are staffing and um, fertility grants. And they believed in me as their CEO, and they really were able to back us um, with staffing needs, you know, in the beginning. And that's why we've been able to expand at the rate that we have. Um, we have several other amazing funders, but, you know, I always say, like, we know who our donors are, because if I have to explain to you the heartache of not being able to have a child or, you know, what infertility is, like, you're not our donor. Our donors reach out to us. We've been very, very lucky and successful in the fundraising um space and honestly like if i have to explain to you you know why this is an important issue like it's okay you can pass and you can donate to something else now would you say that most of your donors uh are, are folks that have experienced this sort of trauma or not trauma but it's kind of trauma at times but this yeah challenge i think that our donors either have identified themselves either their parents who have kids and they can't imagine not having their own children or they're like, you know, intended grandparents or grandparents of, or like parents of their children who have gone through this. So there definitely is like an emotional connection. What we also interestingly enough um, learn is that a lot of our donors are not philanthropic donors in the Jewish community. And this is like their first taste of donating to the Jewish community. So they're not necessarily like going to naturally donate to like a Jewish federation or something like that. Um, but this is a cause that's near and dear to their hearts. 
Well, that's yeah, that that's that's interesting. Now, what about fundraising? Um, let's not talk COVID fundraising, just in general. Sure. Uh, do you are you just relying on donations, or are you doing active fundraising? So both. So we definitely. I mean, especially as we expand, we are looking to more like national foundations. But there is an element for each city that we're in that we hope and anticipate that our community will back us. So in Atlanta, for instance, we try to have an every other year gala. So it was canceled this year, but we've been able to um, work around our askathon. So we have a yearly askathon. And this year in Atlanta, we had a $50,000 match. And then in Cincinnati, we had a $10,000 match. And this is like the traditional phone-a-thon. So we actually, we were really, really successful in Atlanta. We were able to raise two weeks ago, $150,000 in Cincinnati. This past week, we were able to raise about $24,000. So like, I mean, I know you said not COVID related, but we're we're that weird organization that we're in a very healthy financial place. Not that we, we rely on our foundations and funders to make our organization go around, but like, we're not. Our programs have increased. Our, fo- our fundraising has been successful. So, like, we're that weird organization that, right today, we're doing okay, and we're able I to mean, provide our services. You could see, you could see, you're doing okay. Just look at all the babies. This is my baby. the The one in the blue is is my baby. Ah, all right. Isn't he cute? I like it. Adorable. Him. The best one. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> we like them all. Uh, so fundraising, though, um, you know, you say this and I'm thinking like, oh, you should do like when COVID's done, you should do uh, you should do the wine stroll or, you know, stroll, <laughs> but learn. Yeah. I mean, they're not always going to be funny, but they'll be punny. Wow. Mm-hmm. So so speaking of wine, though, haven't you done some fundraisers that are wine related? Because and I'm yes. going to preface this, by the way, I know you did. Oh, right, because, right, right. Yes. Because I, I met with someone who that afternoon that I met was like, Oh, you got to, you know, talking about fundraising stuff mentions you in particular, you and your organization. And then two days later, I'm doing the coffee connection. And then you were like recommended by the guest. Oh, yes. So can you want to talk a little bit about that fundraiser? (laughs) So it actually was, this one was not a fundraiser. This one was an event for couples experiencing infertility. And so I don't know. I mean, this is a whole nother issue, but sometimes wine makes talking about what you're going through a little bit easier. And so we did this amazing wine tasting um, and we were able to taste kosher wines um, from around the world. And what was interesting about this was that normally the men, like we're not an organization just for women. Infertility affects men almost as equally as it does women, but the men don't often seek as much emotional support as women do. But when it comes to alcohol and when it comes to like virtual, the men were all about this event. So it was a really nice opportunity not to sit around and talk about the fact that I can't have a baby, but to come together around a joint experience and really get to know one another and just feel less alone. But we are actually having, we enjoyed it so much that we're having a high donor appreciation event with um samara that you're speaking about to do another wine tasting and like a cheese event because we really do enjoy wine at jewish fertility foundation mm-hmm. i'm gonna just drop that uh her website right here 
She's um, awesome. I don't want like I'm. I I almost don't want to share her. She's that awesome because if <laughs> start using it, doing these wine tastings, like we won't be unique. I'm just kidding. She's so amazing. The wines are delicious, and especially as an organization and a person who only drinks kosher wine, to find good tasting wine is very important in my life. So I appreciate yeah. everything that Samara offers. Now she she does a great job of. Uh, she's a sommelier and does uh, picks these organic wines and. Whatnot, but it's uh, for the for fundraising right now. That's a really neat way. But but I'm gonna pause mm-hmm. on fundraising, and I wanna I wanna yeah. go back to what you were just talking about uh, about men and not always getting the emotional support they need. That is a society thing that we're dealing with. And I mean, I'm a man, and I've I've done therapy, and I've done men's groups, and like so I I come from a little bit of a different place uh, than most men. But we're we don't. Men don't share. Men don't get the help they need with this situation. And it's not just the woman who's going through it in, in this situation. It's also the man. I mean, there's a sense of pride if it's their fault that their body's not able to do it. There's mm-hmm. the confusion. There's the there's the relationship. I mean, I imagine there's also the uh, whole side of like helping relationships stay strong through such a thing because you don't want to point fingers because you're really one in a relationship. Right, um, right. But I'm just curious, like, has your organization been able to really break uh, you, you mentioned the wine piece, but um, are you seeing a lot more success in being able to help, you know, get through to some of these men? Um, are we like the leader in this? I don't know. I mean, I used to. So we've given out, like you saw, 53 grants. And in many of those cases, they're part of a relationship, a heterosexual relationship. And so there is a man and a woman. And we used to require that the men also took on a fertility buddy. And we absolutely have men volunteers in our organization who are much more in touch with their emotional side. But I started learning like midway into um, offering the grants that like it was such like if the men forcing the men to receive the support was just adding to their stress. So I do not force them to do this anymore. Some of them voluntarily do want the support and it looks a little different. Um, Mm. But no, I haven't, I'm trying to meet the men where they're at. So if they come to me and say like, we want a scotch tasting and we don't need to talk about our feelings, but we're going to talk about how to best support our partner through it or our wife through the process. Like I'm cool with that. It's really what, whatever you need. And it looks very different. Um, Like another, like, we offer most of our support groups are for women intended for women, mm-hmm. but like a few couples said, you know what? Like we really would like our husbands there. They want to be there. Can we do a couple support? Okay. Like whatever it is that, that you need, we can offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have the means to offer and the ability to be able to make it happen. Now, so is it, is it strictly mm-hmm. um, heterosexual couples or are you working with gay couples or even single moms? Yeah. So we work with anybody, um, anybody who, who is requesting our services. Um, we've seen a huge influx in Atlanta around single moms by choice. Um, we're newer to Cincinnati, so we're still, I guess, learning about the needs of the community, but, um, definitely have created a really, really special single moms by choice community in Atlanta. Um, and shout out to, uh, Atlanta Jewish Federation for giving us a grant just recently specifically for single moms by choice and interfaith uh, couples. So mm. we're definitely like seeing a huge influx of, of both of those areas. 
Now, speaking of interfaith couples, uh, yeah. I, I, we have a mutual friend. Uh, I did Honeymoon Israel several years ago. Yeah. I'm actually going to be doing uh, Divorce Israel next year. No, I'm kidding. But yeah. Uh, You're so, funny. <laughs> but um, Honeymoon Israel at Malka was our person uh, yeah. on that one uh, and you're going to be talking with her in a couple weeks aren't you yeah yeah or in a couple days i think i don't remember yeah, um it's coming up <laughs> um yeah malka malka i had a special relationship with uh prior to her baby so yeah she's, uh, she's a good one yeah, yeah, she, 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 she is. Uh, so back to fundraising. Thanks for taking yeah. that little turn with really. me. Um, so what are you doing anything different? You mentioned the gala and you can't do that. Yes. Have, are you have you considered the virtual gala or or did you just decide, well, let's just wait until after COVID? Uh, are you looking at other fundraising things? What questions are you have about fundraising when it comes to the current times? What are you seeing working? What are you not like? Where What do you got in any of that mix? So I guess the biggest question we have right now is expansion. Like we're we're in the space where we're like dating a bunch of cities to see where we're going next. We're hoping to expand um, to two more cities in the next year. And, you know, because of COVID, like where does that where does that leave us? Where are national funders? Where are, you know, local city is going to be raising the money in order for us to go? So like that's the question for us. Um, right now, we're planning to have an in-person May event gala. Um, I don't know if it's going to be. Like, we thought mm, we were supposed to have it in October. The and then, yeah, so I don't know. Now, would you take something like that and go virtual mm -hmm. and do the virtual gala? Or are you just are not into that I don't kind know. Of thing? Like, are people Zoomed out? I don't know. Well, you know, the qu answer to that is, yes, people are Zoomed out, but don't make it a Zoom. Make it something entertaining and make it something... Uh, beneficial and unique and short and sweet mm -hmm. and exactly. engaging. We're all about um, short, sweet and to the point. Mm -hmm. um, but, I don't know yet. We're open to ideas. Yeah. Well, we, we'll sidebar on that another time though. But I will right. say this though, yes. uh, when it comes to an organization, like you said, your Cincinnati is a, a new, new market for you. So yes. now you have to break into this new market. And it'd be one thing to say, I'm, you know, you get with the, the right community members and then they invite the right people and then you get the right people in the right room. Now to do that virtually, that's not as simple. And, and that, I mean, and there's ways around that. And I'm seeing other organizations just to share where they're not thinking on the big, like, let's just get everyone in one place. They're thinking smaller, like you're doing with the, um, with uh, the wine tasting, scotch tasting, where you can yeah. get smaller groups. And, and the future, and to answer your question about May, I call it the maybe, uh, is really, are we going to see it? You know what the answer is? We're, it's Even with a cure, a cure, a, a vaccine, yeah. it's going to take a while before we can get a bunch of people back in a space. So what the fundraising community, I've been spending a lot of time with nonprofit organizations, uh, but mainly benefit auctioneers and mm -hmm. and just conferences, these virtual conferences and right. hybrid hybrid is the word. Um, right. Be it a hybrid event where you have a 500 capacity room with 75 people and the rest streaming or smaller groups of people. And, you know, you might have a pod of folks and you'll have the 10 people at your house and then someone else will right. have the 10 people at their home. So we're going to enter a whole new space with that and... That's something to be. It's true. I mean, I can't imagine even in May, we're going to have a 500 person event like we did last or a year and a half ago. You know, mm -hmm. even if we have box, boxed up dinner or something, yeah. I can't imagine that because it's going to look different. People are good. I don't know. You're right. Well, you have something else coming up pretty soon. I'm going to pop it up here. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Talk about the challah baking with Beth. So sure. So um, this will be a really exciting event. It's free and open to everyone. Again, we try to help our community just take a moment of pause in any capacity that they can have, bring them joy, not talk about, you know, infertility and what they're going through. And um, this opportunity is just honestly open to anybody, infertile or not. Uh, it's free and it's an opportunity to get ready for Rosh Hashanah with some delicious challah and inspirational words. All right. Well, speaking of challah, who should we challah at to be our next All guest? Right. We, we close every episode with <laughs> our funny. guest getting to pick our next guest. So I was actually just accepted into this fellowship with the Jewish oh. Women's Fund of Atlanta with really incredible, amazing women um, that I'm honored to learn with and learn from. Um, not, I don't know if anybody else is from a Jewish organization yet, but it's like lawyers and physicians and astrophysicists. I made that last one up. But anyway, <laughs> it's a great organization. They're providing funding for many, many different types of powerful women in Israel and America um, who are in need and doing amazing work. So Rachel Wasserman is my partner in crime at Jewish Women's Fund of Atlanta. Awesome. Well, yeah, well, after this, uh, if you don't mind shooting that intro, I'd love to have Surely. her here. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting. This is not a Jewish uh, podcast or whatnot, but this is kind of, you know, <laughs> things have a way of being, you know, being themselves. So uh, sure. but on this Thursday, we're, we're going to step away from the Jewish organizations for a minute, and we're actually going to go back into a deep Atlanta arts and it's going to be Illuminate Atlanta. Yes, Illuminate Atlanta is joining us here Thursday. Uh, coming up after that, we've got the Center for Civic Innovation. We've got the Georgia Center for Child Advocacy. We've got the Atlanta Community Food Bank and the Jewish Atlanta Jewish uh, Music Festival all on deck coming up. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. Please visit JewishFertilityFoundation.org. Uh, you can go to Coffee Connections uh, website, which is at yourrockshineer.com. And all of our episodes, including this one, will be there. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do on YouTube. And by the way, big thank you. The other day, I wanted to update my YouTube. And I realized you need to have 100 subscribers. So I paid, made a little post on Facebook, uh, thanks to my buddy Jacob Deet, the musician, saying, you just post it. People do it. I go, no one's going to do it. They don't, no one likes my stuff when I do this stuff. I poop you not. We had over 130 people subscribe to the YouTube within 24 hours. So I want to thank, thank my friends out there that did that, uh, all our subscribers. That really means a lot. Uh, and again, thank you, Alana, for your time. And now thank that you. we now that we know, like we didn't know. She's like, where do you live? I go, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I live in Decatur because I, you know, in case people, I just say that. Nobody and she's like, oh, I, I live in Toco Hills. I'm like, no, no, actually, I live in Toco Hills. <laughs> she lives across the street from me, like literally it's across true. the street. So if I don't see you at Kosher Kroger or Kosher Publix, uh, you'll see yeah. me running. I'm the, you know, you'll see me running on the street now to give me a little honk. Awesome. All and, right. Um, Thank you so much for your time. Thank and you for Thank you so me. much for the work you're doing. It's uh, it's good to know that you expanded and you're not just helping people with getting pregnant. Uh, you know, the the, the yeah. emotional, uh, mental support, mental health is so key, and that's something. As this show continues to grow, you'll people will find more and more that's a subject that really matters a lot to me. Um, mental health, and so you're really providing that service as well. So thank you. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy I hope New it's a Year. Start. Yeah, they said there's going to be a cure by New Year, but they weren't talking about this New Year. <laughs> Good all luck right, to Bye, us. everyone. Thanks so much. Thank uh, we'll see you uh, Thursday. Thank you. Cool.